Yeah. No snappy intro the, today. The, the cliff. <laughs> the cliff of Clemson, South Carolina. Well, at least we have our title for tonight's episode, right? Yeah. The cliff. Welcome, college basketball fans, to another edition of the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. I generally don't have a lot to look forward to in January besides ball. Ball is currently work for me. It's also leisure. Ball is life. Ball is life. And uh, something that fluctuates our net worth on a day-to-day basis. Right, Mike Jaffe? He's calling in. <laughs> yeah, I'm phoning in because I couldn't afford the gas money to come in and see you guys. Yeah, I would say I would say there are fluctuations that we're all dealing with. Economic anxiety for Mike. What about that 50 I Venmoed you the other day, Mike? That. <laughs> yeah, that, that worked out well for me. You would think I would not have spent it already, considering it was less than 48 hours ago, but <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? I think the pinnacle of this month is the early hours on January 1st. For obvious reasons for me, not all of us can go to Mexico. Mm. Welcome oh, back, yeah. Guthrie. Hola. Looking, Hola, mis looking tan. Ish. Kind, kind of. <laughs> My pasty white has like resurfaced very quickly. <laughs> We're going to talk about that trip at some point tonight. I I kid you not. I, just, I imagine that Guthrie, when he comes home from the from a trip like Mexico, he's just like a snake shedding its skin. It's all Everything just peels <laughs> off of him, you know? <laughs> that, is, that is too close to reality, Mike. <laughs> not going to lie, guys. I'm gripped with anticipation tonight to hear Taylor try to defend A. Wake Forest, B. Leonard Hamilton, C. Bruce Brown Jr., D. Star Wars, <laughs> All oh, the man. above. You know, there's oh. potential that if he's convincing enough, he might be eligible and have a shot for running for public office one day mm. <laughs> in the future. Since it's lofty aspirations. Yeah, I was going to say. If you can spend those topics, Taylor, you have my vote. I can sell you on a two and four Florida State team. Mm-hmm. Oh, we might go God. <laughs> Please. I, I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that sale. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on that ship. I oh, yeah. Speaking of pirate ships... A big shout out to one of our listeners, Tyler Whitney, for doing the illustration of the pirate ship with all the characters we asked to be involved, and he even put Grace and Alan as a little piranha swimming right next to the incredible show. work, oh, incredible work. Nice. It's so nice. I just realized uh, Doris Burke is on the the bow of the ship. Yeah, She's yeah, the, the masthead, the figurehead, whatever. Oh I think that's a great decision. The bow sprit. That, that is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's on our I'll, Facebook page. I'll read anything you say. We are not very nautical here. We need to. <laughs> oh man, it's, all it's I've been tingled like that all year, just thinking about Doris, you know, bust up there, just crashing against the waves. That's a that's a sight. Well, our captain Joel Berry's in the crow's nest. I wouldn't have him any other position. We thought bow, <laughs> but now I th- I like crow's nest better. Right? Oh wait, mm. Patino is in is in the ship. Like you can see him. Is he in, in like the? Is he yeah, locked he's up like, down he's below? In like, he's in, yeah, in he's the locked up in, in the. Is he rowing in the galleys? Oh my god! Like Ben Hur. That is so subtle. Oh, that's, outstanding! That's wonderful. We have great <laughs> fans of this show. You know, I, I was looking to make a T-shirt for the ACC B-ball Dgens. Uh, you know, whether whether we make it for sale or not, or whether it's just for us on the podcast, but it seems like this might have to be across the back of that shirt. Uh, it's it making like a, a strong great, case a great for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's quite a gem. Have to have mm. to say, I'm down for shirts. I'm sure there's like five listeners who would probably go in for that. <laughs> so if, I would love running into like strong. a random guy in Vegas <laughs> sporting some ACC B-ball DJ's swag. <laughs> yeah, but I would love that. If we have any introvert listeners, it would be a great conversation starter. 
first of all. <laughs> so that's a selling point. All right, uh, here's how I want to start the podcast. We're going to recap what happened this past weekend, but I want to start talking about windows of opportunity. Is that fair? For us, sure. not for sure. teams. I like that. And how teams are undervalued, and you have a small window to take advantage of those undervalued teams. For example, Virginia started the year unranked. There's a huge window of opportunity in the non-conference in the first couple games of conference play. That window is now closed. It's over. Okay, You're, you're saying out. from a gambling standpoint, you have time to take advantage of favorable lines. No, from a... I'm just, Sunshine and rainbow stuff. I'm just clarifying. I'm re- clarifying here for people who are <laughs> Mike, listening. Like this guy doesn't think that we're diving. Everything right in we here. talk about is from that standpoint. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. So right, right. Whether or not it's mentioned explicitly or not, that's yeah. the only reason I care about the ball bouncing. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> so once the West, you're a mercenary. That's the West adjusted, and now the public is aware of a few of those top ACC teams. So Virginia's one. I want to talk about a couple others. The Pitt Panthers was a great team to short in the non-conference and the early conference season. Now it's been adjusted. I, every line is going to be 15 above no matter where they play practically. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You, everyone's kind of realized just Listen, how absolutely dreadful Pittsburgh is this I almost year. sent out the bat signal to all of us that Georgia Tech was only laying, I think, four and a half at five. Pitt. Well, yeah. Well, four and a half, five. And that was... I mean, I don't know. I, I got excited just looking at that on paper. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the team over-under for Duke when they their next game's against Pitt, I'm pretty sure the team over-under is like 100-some points for Duke, which is crazy. I yeah, mean, yeah. and I bet a lot of people will take the over because they have a good chance to do it. God bless Georgia Tech fans. I respect their fan base. They're still in the baby step process of let's not overlook anybody. We got a hard game coming up on the road at Pitt, and I, I – Sort of chuckled to myself. I'm like, no, you guys can, you guys can overlook that. It's all right. You can be wise basketball fans. You'll get there. Regardless, that's another team. I think we've lost our. Win- Heading into the podcast, I said there's a window with North Carolina, and I saw that window after the UVA game. I know Virginia won by 13. It didn't feel like a 13 point win to me when I was in the arena. That was the narrative coming out of the game. I thought it was more like an eight point win. I didn't think it was completely convincing, and I thought that North Carolina immediately became undervalued. And that proved to be correct as they demolished BC only because we all took BC as a consensus. That was reason number one. <laughs> reason number two was North Carolina's undervalued at that point. We all make mistakes. They also win in South Bend by a point. Which, which they, they were technically, um, I, I think that they did not cover there. Who? Carolina? Carolina, yeah, I went back and looked at it. It was a one okay. and a half point. Well, just, just saying, as a, as a side. Well, how about you stay with my narrative for a minute? They're covering against <laughs> Clemson right now. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. The Clemson game is going on right now, and they're in good shape. I don't know if that Wednesday's closed or not. Hopefully not for our listeners' sake. But what do you guys think? Do you think the Carolina window is closing? Is it shut? Is it? Is there still some opportunity out there? I think it's closed. I think well, I mean, I would say right now with what's happening against Clemson, I think that that window is shutting even faster. They currently hold a five-point lead with about what is it, five or ten to play. Um, well, wow! So that's gone home, to, from so. sixteen to five. Wow! And I think they're yeah, only five. They have Cameron Johnson back, and he's putting up. I think he's almost got twenty here in this Clemson game. So Cameron Johnson is going to make a huge impact uh, for North Carolina, and I, I don't. I think people have forgotten that he's probably the ACC's most important transfer this year. Uh, so so to have him back now, I think, is, is going to be a real eye-opener for a lot of ACC teams. I think, right. the, I think their next game against Georgia Tech is going to be really interesting to see what the line will be, considering that Georgia Tech has kind of been on their own little streak, beating Miami and Notre Dame you know, at home. 
So right. it's kind of I'm interesting to see what the odds makers, what the public will give Georgia Tech in that game, how many points they'll be getting. Well, lot, lots going to depend on Thursday night. If they get blown out by Virginia, then I think that's a time to buy at Georgia Tech. If it's a close game, I, I don't quite know if you you ride them. However, it's I think in th- Chapel Hill, which is tough. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it were a home game for the Georgia Tech, the ding dong is tough for everyone, except if your name is Watford. Another window, <laughs> the Louisville resurgence hit me. Oh yeah, I feel I, like Mike should be screaming I, about this right now. I think Always. it's real. Yeah, I think it's real. I know they beat Virginia Tech, and you know my feelings about that team, so I don't want to buy too much into that. But their come from behind victory in Tallahassee when they trail by double digits should not be completely overlooked. Correct? Yeah. I almost feel that so many of these teams in like the middle ranked in the middle of the ACC right now, anytime you can get them at home, especially getting a lot of points, it's a good window. It's a good opportunity because so many of these teams are dangerous given the right circumstances. You know, are there any of the other teams you think we should short in the here and I mean, now? Also, let me say one more thing about Louisville. I knew that they were they were back when I saw some puff piece on ESPN.com about. Honest Mahmood saying block in four different languages. I would love to see him pronounce honest in four different languages. Just that, maybe that's a little too avant garde for, uh, <laughs> for ESPN. But, uh, but yeah, you know, they're, they're, already, they're already cranking out the puff out there. So I don't know. But by the way, can we just kind of say one thing about ESPN's pregame reporting real quick? Did they not goad out a fight there in that Clippers Rockets game yesterday? Did they not goad that out by releasing that Chris Paul story just before the game, getting everybody all fired up, and then the game on ESPN, and you know, then it. Blake Griffin's all fired up pushing people? What kind of shoddy programming is that? Ugh. I mean, welcome to ESPN for the last decade or so. I mean, I, that they, they just want to instigate drama. But that it drives ratings. ESPN I mean, might come after this podcast after a story I have to tell, and Guthrie knows the story, but you two don't. I can't wait to share it with you. However, that's for a Later on in this episode, oh, good teaser! So stay Ooh, tuned. Like Here's that. a question a little, about a, a team. Foreshadowing, little intrigue. Here's a question. I want to get Luke's opinion because I know you have strong feelings. Syracuse lost four straight. How do you feel? I don't know how that team is one and four. I liked that team coming into the year. Yeah, I still kind of like them. I saw them in person. I was semi impressed. Is that crazy? No. I mean, uh, I, why defense, is that team one and four? I don't understand. Their defense is kind of back to. A little from the past previous years, it's back to what it's been before. It's getting better. The offense is just like, uh, I mean, their shooting is bad. Well, they turn the ball over. They it's have just, players who can score in the mid range, right? But that's not. You can't it's be not a jump shooting efficient. team. Yeah, it's not efficient. But they have offensive rebounders to pick up that slack. Yeah, but you got to be able to shoot. I think they can shoot better than I originally expected. Man, I and I don't know. I wonder. I like. It's a team that I look at and I'm tempted by the line every single time, and then I don't know. Do you think they're better in the dome this year? I I have no feel for that. No. Do y'all? Yeah, I think the your thing right now is that they're only behind Pittsburgh in terms of turnovers in ACC play so far. Mm. So you know, for a team like that that has such so few possessions, to not being able to turn over the ball so often, and then defensively. They're giving up, I think, the third worst uh, percentage uh, shooting percentage defensively. So, you know, people are breaking the zone with their shooting, and they're also turning the ball over. That's just 
that's not good Syracuse basketball right there. We can figure this out. Which teams cannot shoot in the ACC? And you have to hope for a Tyus Battle and Frank Howard game, which I think is not, you know, hanging on a on a prayer for those two players to play well. I like Frank Howard. I think he's he's a good individual one-on-one player. I think Tyus Battle is a good one-on-one player as well. They can make high de- degree of difficulty shots. And there has to be something to be said about that. If you're in a late game scenario where it's a tie game. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think this, the, obviously the strength is like the, their front court, like Brissett, Chukwu, these guys, I mean, they, they're built around drawing fouls and getting offensive rebounds, getting to the line. Mm-hmm. And any shooting you can get is like a, is a bonus. Are they good enough to beat Pittsburgh by 16 points? No, <laughs> I don't know, but God, it, it is uh, so bad. That's, it should home. tell you something that I'm, I'm hesitant. Well, they can get on a little bit of roll here. They have Pitt at home, BC at home, and then at Pitt as their next three. Easily win all three of those games. They will be favored in all three of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I mean, it's very reasonable to think that they'll go three and zero, or at least at least pick up two wins of those three games. But man, I don't know. I, I so speaking to the schedule, I mean, you can you can just look at. Their first, their first five games in the ACC were not exactly easy. Um, three away games, played Virginia Tech, Virginia, Florida State. You know, it, it's it's not going to get any easier in the ACC except for these next three games. Except but, they have pit twice in the next three games. So yeah. it does get a little bit easier. Yeah, but then it gets incredibly difficult going down the stretch. All right, guys, enough for play. Let's talk Miami Duke. I know that's on everybody's mind. Mike, Michael, go ahead and lead us off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess you probably want me to lead just because I was so high on Miami last podcast. Um, when we we were texting about this game last night, you know, I actually did like Duke uh, with that line. You know, I thought they were getting a really nice line too. there. Um, but but anyways, I, I think the story, at least for me, when I was watching it, was you know, DeJuan Hewell and his. He he's such an exciting player, you know, for Miami. He does so many things for them in the course of a normal game. But when matched up against someone like Wendell Carter um, and and Marvin Bagley, even to a lesser degree, I, I he was just overmatched there. And once they lost that matchup, and they didn't have the ability to score inside, they they weren't able to create inside out game, and they have a half court that struggles anyways. And so the only flashes that you saw from Miami was from like Chris Likes being able to get to the basket and have amazing finishes. Mm, yeah. Bruce Brown looks passive at times. You know, too much one on one play with game. Lonnie Walker. Yeah, you know, I think Lonnie Walker being healthy has almost hurt this team a little bit. The ball stops too much. Um, you know, so I, I didn't like what I saw out of Miami, but then, you know, what I saw in that comeback from Duke, uh, I thought was really impressive. I think it's a lot of people are going to come out and say that that's the, that's the Duke they've been missing all along and, you know, all that stuff. However, well, I, you I should work for ESPN. You know, Miami just missed a lot <laughs> of shots. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know that Duke really looked that great. Yeah, here's the real story. Duke's offense, great, all that stuff. Miami blew it. Mm-hmm. Duke's defense, like, laughably bad for the first three quarters of the game. I mean, yeah. I you, people were getting yeah. to the basket on drives without anybody picking them up. Every shot was open for Miami, everything like that. And I think sometime in the second half, I don't know, like halfway through that, 
roughly, Duke started playing zone, and Miami just looked like lost. They didn't know how to deal with it. They yeah. didn't know where to pass. They didn't know how to, like, they would kind of get halfway into the lane and would kind of just look like, what do I do? And yeah. they stopped getting going <laughs> to the basket and getting those easy looks. Yeah, and, I mean, when Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown combined to go four for 19 from the field, and that had, had nothing. I'm talking about just two-point wise. Yeah, Lonnie he, Walker shot the three pretty well. He went five of eight. But, you know, if you're not going to be able to score in the paint once you're in there against a, a Duke D that's just long and not sure about that? I saw them score in, in the paint last night. I feel like you can be Kyrie Irving against those bigs. Yeah, you can go. Well, <laughs> you can you can find a way underneath. The whole team doesn't really know how to, like, play team defense and, like, slide and shift and pick up in man-to-man defense. But I think it's more the um, I think it's more the perimeter defense like Duvall and Grayson Allen. They just like leave those guys out to dry because there's no attempt to stop the ball. If you're mm-hmm. a guard, like Miami's guards were just getting free runs into the paint, and it's really hard if you're a big and you're asked to like step over and do that. And they're all freshmen; they kind of don't know how to slide. It, I, it's the perimeter defense I think that really kills it, and that's why I think Miami just kind of just losing it, kind of losing their composure, seeing that zone was and, disappointing know, Tying to this back home, a team who would be well-suited, I think, in a home game to beat Duke would be Syracuse. Unfortunately, they don't play them at home if you're an Orange fan. But that seems like a team who would be well-suited against Duke if you have two three-point shooters who are fairly reliable and you can pound the offensive glass. And Duke's not a great defensive glass team. Yeah, yeah. That's, we saw that, that against Miami. Yeah, Miami definitely exploited that, especially in the first half and a big chunk of the second half when they built that lead. But, uh, yeah, th- uh, there's so many interesting things from this game. I mean, the the fact that Miami really only has one big, one serviceable serviceable big uh, in Huel, um, it really, like, it just allowed whoever wasn't being guarded by Huel to kind of go yeah, to work. Who, yeah, whoever was being checked by Anthony Lawrence. Right. Who just, who just looked like yeah. a bigger uh, version of um, Carlton from... <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, Anthony Lawrence gets my mind. He, Anthony Lawrence gets swallowed. We've talked about it before. He gets swallowed up by teams with good aggressive front courts, like Louisville, yeah. like uh, who else? Like uh, Florida State. I mean, he he struggles against those those type of teams. Mm-hmm. I still can't figure out Duke's backcourt. And I was talking to the Guthrie about this when Duke was looking like. I don't even know a good comparison in the first 10 minutes of the second half. I'm like, are we sure their guards are good? I, I said that to Guthrie straight <laughs> up. And then right after I said that, then uh, Gary Trent Jr. decided to go off for 30. Yeah. And he started with those corner Trent threes. Shot the, shot the out. And then, I, I mean, you see Trey Duvall taking a top of the key three. And I look over at Guthrie. I was like, what is he doing? What yeah. are you doing? And then it goes in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I look like an idiot, but I stand no. by that statement. No, you're right. I think it's it comes down to... Uh, Duval and the point guard play. Like he's a good player, but he makes some decisions that just are questionable. Especially I think Duval when... and Allen could kill this team in the tournament. Yeah, they could lose a tournament game for this team, and then it's all over. Yeah, I think Duval yeah. just like his tendency to probably shoot more when he should be. He's a great slasher, dribbler, going to the basket, distributing. He should be doing that and like kind of focusing on facilitating. And yeah, I, I just. I think his his efficiency numbers are are the are not bad, but they are the worst offensively on the team. All that being said, to be unbiased, Duke just ran the socks off of Miami and yeah. won on the road and Coral yeah. Gables, and that, that should not yeah. be yeah, scoffed let me, at. Let me, say, let me say one thing that I felt like really hurt Miami too, 
and that was the old Watsko Center crowd. I, I'm going to say that the uh, maybe the weakest celebrity uh, pairing that I've seen <laughs> at a college basketball game. I really didn't really like the A Rod J Lo thing, and you know, it wasn't. It wasn't that I don't like them individually as people and that I don't like them as a couple together. That's fine. I don't like non-cheering, and I don't like a hand on the knee, like, just constantly. Like, like, like it's like you're waiting to downshift. I mean, just do something with the hand. Like, it's not, I just, I didn't like it. it. It bothered me every single time they cut to him. You know, he was, like, looking off in the distance. She was pretending to watch the game. I'm thinking to myself, when did they make a conscious decision to attend Miami basketball games? Like, when did they say, We're, we need to be back in the public eye. Let's start attending Miami basketball games, and let's start with Duke. Well, I just, I didn't like the whole thing. I'm get, Mike, I'm going to take the other side of this one. You're going to have to bear with me. <laughs> they were shown on the kiss cam, and they went for it. And I applaud that. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, good. And I think oh, that good. should be a check mark next to your celebrity courtside yeah. seats name. Mm. Because, I mean, I mean, you show another celebrity couple on the courtside seats. A, as a cameraman, you're in trouble of potentially getting fired. Because, you know, after the game, they could say, oh, how dare you put me on kiss cam. Right? But they went with <laughs> it. It was probably all arranged. I don't know about that. I mean, Jenny from the Block. I'm a huge JLo fan. That's also, my girl. Do you, have a, do you have a lot of other celebrity ACC courtside? Yeah, I don't know. That, are, yeah, are you going to go with John Grisham at Virginia? I can think of like John Grisham for UVA, and I can think of what maybe Michael Jordan at UNC. I don't know who else attends the UNC games. Who else do you got, Luke? You know, you, you travel more around the ACC arenas. It's got to be non basketball. It doesn't count if it's like Ralph Sampson coming back. Yeah, or like, I feel like even Michael Jordan doesn't ex, really count. Yeah. Ex players. Yeah. You know, was, you know who was great one year when Duke was playing Belmont in the first round of the NCAA tournament? It was oh, country, country singer Amy Grant's husband. Come on, help me out, guys. Oh, uh, Vince. This is outside Vince Gill. Yes, Vince Gill was repping repp Belmont I've heard big that time. Name Vince Gill had a Bob String Huggins sweatsuit oh, oh. on courtside, so that was, and he was very that. into the game. Was he sitting on a stool? Because yeah, that would really make has it. Ashley Judd, right? That's like their thing. She's UK. She's UK. Now, there's so many. Come on. Big there's, blue nation. There's so many fake UK celebrity fans out there. Oh, I mean, she's pretty real. I think she's yeah, she's, she's going to like every single one she plays. Do you think Drake cares about Kentucky basketball? Absolutely. Until they start losing. Until they start losing, yes, exactly. <laughs> Drake is like the biggest bandwagon fan Can we give him of all time. Best celebrity appearance when he in warm ups. That would always be my favorite. No. What, I, I, I just want to like say Drake. one thing about Duke, back to them on the court here, that I feel like doesn't get enough. I'm constantly amazed Marvin Bagley is really good at basketball. Like I, f- I feel like he has lived up to the hype. Am I crazy that I think Wendell Carter is just as good? Yeah, he, he might be. He's less reliable. He's he's less like He's better than Miami game. He's more streaky. Yeah, yeah. I think just overall. I mean, Bagley's a little more polished, but I'm I'm kind of I've expected to see Bagley like kind of not live up to the hype. Whole, the whole season I've been waiting for him to kind of like backslide, and he hasn't really. He's been really good. Yeah, he has been high level insight right he there. He's been <laughs> he's shooting sixty five percent from the field. Yeah, like is that is unreal for the amount of utilization he's getting. That's absolutely crazy. He's having a fantastic year, definitely living up to the hype. I think if it weren't for Trey Young, he would be a forerunner for player of the year. Oh, yeah, it's Trey Young. 
But oh, Wendell I'm, Carter, I'm really young man, I get to, yeah, yeah. Wendell Carter actually is kind of under underrated. I feel like he's not getting quite as much airtime as Bagley, sim- or simply because you know. Well, he was going to be the Bagley before Bagley reclassified because exactly. mm-hmm. exactly. that's also crazy that he could Bagley could be a freshman next year. This yeah. brings us to a nice Wild. segue. Who's the favorite in the ACC right now? And I talked with the Guthrie on the subject on the way over here. I, I still think it's Duke. Virginia has a two-game lead, but if Duke takes care of business at Cameron against Virginia, they have the tiebreaker. So all they need to do is have a level record with Virginia to win the one seed. And I think that's more likely than the other scenarios. Because look at Duke's schedule. Who else are they going to lose to? Maybe at Clemson is the best other scenario. At North Carolina, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the North Carolina games yeah, could go with, I mean, yeah, they, they, they're going to win one of those games. Yeah. According to Ken Palm, all of their games, they have a 70% chance or higher except for home to Virginia, at UNC, and at Clemson. Those are going to be their toughest games. They're going to drop, like, at least two more. If they drop two, two more, they might not win the title. I think it's still got to be Virginia for the favorite. Just, that that game in Durham, late January is gonna a week from Saturday. It'll be big. Is gonna be a huge game. It is gonna be a huge game. I really, I'm not, I'm concerned by a lot of things about Virginia. Uh, they, they, I, don't, I don't want to say that they've had a soft schedule up until this point, but they've, they've had, had a home schedule. They've had a lot of home games. Right. So we've played. They've played five ACC games, and one of them has been away from John Paul Jones Arena. That being said, the case for Virginia is no team outside of BC, no team in 2018 has been within two possessions of them with 15 minutes left in regulation, and that should not be scoffed at. Right. Nobody's been within one possession of Virginia with 15 minutes on the clock. That's a crazy stat. That's a crazy stat, yeah. Good stat right there. Thank you. I mean, Guthrie is, it's a good point to say, like, they've only played one away ACC game, right, at Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. Luke, cue your... uh, Love for Virginia Tech. Uh, but, I mean, it's going to be – some of these away games are going to be tough, and i got to think that they're going to drop some, even at Syracuse, possibly. Well, oh, you yeah, know, that's, some of these, that is going to be a very a tough, game. tough game. There's a question about Virginia. Defensive rebounding is a real thing, and that's where they've been susceptible this year. And there's a couple things that I'm seeing. One thing that I witnessed was if a team decides to launch a three, it might not be a great three off of a hard hedge when Virginia's hard hedging. Their big man has incredible position under the basket for an offensive rebound, okay? Against the probably leading big man for Virginia. That's a thing. And if yeah. teams start doing that, yeah, it's a feast or famine. Um, you can have weird bounces off the rim, but that's a way to get an offensive rebound or a look at three. Second of all, and I talked to Chris Wright, uh, my, my good friend who's a UVA analyst about this, there's not as many players who are as good at spearing, not as many guards who are as good at spearing what, what is spearing? What is spearing? Like rebounds, rebounds, spearing rebounds. So oh, guards okay. just okay. jumping up and grab. Like London Paritas was pretty good at that last year. Malcolm Brogdon was good at it in the past. Guards just spearing rebounds out of the air, and you're not going to really get that from Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. Yeah, I think Devin Hall yeah. is a pretty solid rebounding guard. But back to back to the the rebounding just in general. It's this. It, it's absolutely perplexing to me that. Virginia is 142nd in defensive rebounding efficiency in the country. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. And this, and like, if you look back historically for even the last just three years, Virginia is consistently a top 10, top 20 type defensive rebounding machine. 
I don't know what has changed. I'm not really well, you think sure. It's the guard rebounding, Luke. Is that what you're saying? You, you I think, think their so. guards don't rebound as well as I, they have in the past. I think that's a big part of it. I think if you look mm-hmm. at like Jack Salt's numbers, who's you know in there should be in there getting it. His mm-hmm. defensive rebounding percentages have dropped off significantly from last year. Um, and I don't know if that's a factor of he's in different position. I, yeah, he's a little too what? focused on uh, laying people on their ass. He's <laughs> really good at that, yeah, apparently. At the, there was way too much made of that. <laughs> at the same time, if we think that Duke is just going to figure all their def- defense out, I don't think you should scoff at the fact that, oh, Virginia's just going to stay 142 the rest of the way. No, I mean, they're going to be coached up. You have to suspect that's going to be addressed. So... I'm kind of talking myself back to what you were saying, Duke maybe being the favorite, because just I do feel like Virginia has had a soft schedule until now. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, it, you said it's a little it, much to call it soft. It, no, I think it, it was, it's been soft. Well, hold up, hold up but, now. Do you really think, gun to your head, they're going to lose at Georgia Tech? No. And people say, well, I mean, Wake Forest, they don't play well there traditionally. Wake Forest is the second worst team in the league. I think they'll win those two games. I'd be more, I think they'll beat Clemson at home. Okay, so that means they're eight and zero, right? Then I just think then they play three teams that are absolutely terrific on the boards, much much better than Virginia. At away least, to Duke, at least look at the numbers. Away to Syracuse, away to Florida State, away to Miami. That's yeah, it's a stretch. Away to Louisville near the end of the season. Those those are going to be the tough ones. Yeah, it's. I mean, those are those are games that can easily be lost on on the glass or. You know, if, if a shot falls or doesn't fall one way or another. What else do we have to recap for the weekends? Michael. Oh, man, sorry. My eyes glazed over a bit as you guys were doing your UVA thing. <laughs> 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 he went to the refrigerator. You should be praising UVA, Mike. You should be praising UVA for that, that $50 uh, Venmo <laughs> transaction. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can we reference yeah, the title right, of our show right. and just somebody ask this? Syracuse would cover. Their old nemesis did cover uh, in JPJ as well, so I was also happy about that uh, <laughs> earlier in the week. So it's also um, one of the most ludicrous covers of the year. I don't know if you watched the final <laughs> three minutes of that game. I knew it was coming all along. Um, I mean, can we can we talk just momentarily? You guys had harped a little bit on UVA and their rebounding issues. And all I'd also like to mention you know? that Notre Dame and Louisville have now tipped off in overtime for our listeners out Ooh, there. So I'm going to ignore um, everything you had to say and watch this. Go ahead. <laughs> Good. Good for you. No, I was going to say, you know, you talked about Virginia's rebounding issues, and I, I think that they they play before they play Duke, they're going to go and they're going to play Clemson. And, you know, they'll play at home, obviously, again. Um, but, you know, Elijah Thomas and, and Taylor and I have gone back and forth talking about Elijah Thomas and how, how great he's been and, um, obviously, Clemson is, is a great rebounding team. I'll be interested to see how those bigs in Virginia handle a guy like Elijah Thomas, who to me is a second-team All-ACC player right now. And if they can handle Elijah Thomas, I think that will be good foreshadowing for what they can do with Wendell Carter and uh, even Marvin Bagley to a lesser degree. I think they have Wilkins who should not be scoffed at. I'm using that word way too much. That's my yeah. new word this podcast. But scoffed is scoffed is your new word. Yeah, it's my new word. So he, he <laughs> held Luke May to six. He held your seven to six. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty good. Both I mean, pretty not good. very mobile. Your boy big Luke May has been on fire recently. I thought I thought he really carried that uh, UNC team in the first half of that Notre Dame game last week. He also played well against BC. Congratulations, Sharpie Beard. 
<laughs> yeah, he's, he's seen the lights out, man. He's Nobody hits a step back like Luke May. One day I'll see him take it someone to the basket. It's going to be great. Let's go back to Pretty Clemson excited. real quick so I can ask this question yeah. because I'm a big fan. Anyway. I'm rooting for Clemson here. Are they about to hit the Brad Brownell cliff where they lose the next 10 games in a <laughs> sorry, row? It's already come. I'm I mean, sorry. it happens happened. every single season, right? They're 4-1 and one right now. It, it happened in the NC State game. That was it. Okay, but and then they came over. back and beat Miami. Good win. Great. The Miami team who I don't trust in, and you guys think is the best thing since sliced bread. Next couple reason. games are UNC, Notre Dame, uh, and Virginia. Let me ask you a real question. Why do you guys think that Miami team is so good? I mean, I, do, do they actually I run an offense? completely off of the bandwagon. I think I think Miami is actually, they have a very good chance of missing the tournament. And also, who do you give the ball <laughs> no to? No chance. No chance they'll miss the tournament. Who gets What's, the ball in crunch time for no Miami? Yeah. Which player do you get the ball to in crunch time? That That's is a their legitimate problem. question. That is their problem. They don't have the one guy who like creates his own shot. Lonnie Walker's trying to be it. He's not really it. The, the reason they're good is because their defense is really good. Um, I mean, they have period. Right. That's it. That's pretty much. That's that it. is pretty. Their much offense is the almost thing. as disorganized as Florida State's. Like it is. It is like completely a circus out there. Not quite, where, but yeah. Yeah, not not quite, but, <laughs> but almost. Yeah. Well, it, it, the only advantage is they don't have Leonard Hamilton coaching their offense. It's yeah. The only, only advantage. Uh. Well, I mean. They're 107 at offense efficiency. So here's the thing. It's like, bad. Think about they just played the second best offense in the country in Duke, maybe best, whatever. And even though they gave up that huge run near the end, for a while they were holding that offense like pretty in check-ish. They were doing a pretty good job. I mean, their mm-hmm. defense is really good. Yeah. Their offense, anytime they can't like get out in transition or kind of push to the basket and you right. know get inside they let's struggle. look at the resume when you slow them down yeah let us, let's look at the resume they beat a team who shouldn't be included in the ACC this year known as the Pitt Panthers they lost to Georgia Tech by double digits they survived Florida State who is a train wreck in their own right survived is a good word to at home <laughs> okay. against Florida State they lost to Clemson by nine and then they just blew a lead at Duke what am I missing here, guys? What nothing. I, I mean, nothing. They, I, they I, were beating Duke with like 10 minutes left of the game. Duke is one of the better teams in the country. Great. I, I Good think for you you're going to see Miami turn it on. I think where Miami struggled recently is that you have Jaquan Newton, who's shooting about 35% in ACC play so far. You know, he, he's not doing anything, whereas he was scoring, you know, around, I don't know, let's say 12, 15 points a game in non-conference, you know, he, he's just really struggled. And I don't think they know what they're doing with the ball, you know, when, when mm-hmm. they start out their offense, you know, and Chris likes just seems that. like the guy that should be playing all the time. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. They're, they're a little bit confused, I think offensively, but I think they're going to figure it out. They have good enough players. I think they'll find Lonnie Walker's place. Bruce Brown will start to activate a little bit. Likes will continue to play well. Hewell's good enough. Um, I think you're going to see them still finish in the top five in the ACC. I the reason you see flashback of what I just got a flashback. It's just like the days when you were talking about how Jakiri was a first team All ACC player. <laughs> well, it's the exact same thing. I think the the problem is they're a team full of like straight line slashers, like straight, one move and straight to the basket. Really strong, really fast, really athletic. But that's an issue on offense. That's why you see guys like Chris Likes and Vasilevich get lots of minutes and kind of succeed because they bring something different to the table there. And really, the only their best shooter is probably what Anthony Lawrence, yeah. who is playing the four, and he gets in a lot of mismatches on defense mm-hmm. playing the four. Mm-hmm. So it's it's 
there's a lot yeah. of trade-offs they kind of have to Laranega has to find out how to balance all that because really they don't they don't have the shooting really um I mean Lonnie Walker has been shooting kind of well for yeah. the last couple games Streaky. but I don't I don't trust Streaky. it yet but yeah they don't have the shooting to balance out that like athletic defense I mean, they need, to the rim Miami drives. needs to move the basketball that's yes. the thing they're yeah. 315th in the league right now in assist per field goal made they do not move the basketball whatsoever they're not getting easy shots they need to share the ball that's all they need to do once they can do that oh, that's you know, a, what a novel idea they learn how to pass and run an offense oh yeah then they'll be fine that's incredible yeah. <laughs> incredibly easy in theory learn not to pass and run an offense it's not gonna happen right. in practice right. Right. we'll see we'll see I um, think they'll turn it around yeah, it's 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 is this our window of opportunity players yeah, to, to, to short Miami it might be I'm not shorting I'm not shorting anyone against the Pitt Panthers and they have them coming up okay well Miami's next game is at NC State and they might be only one point favorite that's the biggest untouchable game of the schedule remaining no really it is it's a what that's Sorry. an untouchable game you don't touch that game okay every instinct of your gambling body taylor should it agree with me on this is wrong yeah that's no, true just don't touch that game. <laughs> speak it up let's go into the future guys let's preview games we have degenerate day coming up on saturday i'd like to let all oh our my listeners god know. i am so excited <laughs> we, oh it is gonna be good we need to talk are about we just, are we saturday. just gonna preview degenerate game days on saturday should we just do that's that what we should do yeah um, yeah is there anything yeah, can we do that well there's nothing really interesting tomorrow is there i don't think so uh i don't not, oh, wait, not wait, in the wait, ACC. Guys. Can we, uh, can we cut right here? Can you say for a second, Luke? I have not been able to hear uh, Taylor the entire podcast, which I really enjoyed. Oh. I've only heard him through <laughs> the echoes on someone else's. He, he wasn't uh, makes sense. He wasn't in phone. No, he is. I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> but, but I will say that I've not heard a single word he said. I don't know if that can be repaired or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a good job, actually, uh, faking it. There. Now I hear him. Now I hear him. Do, yeah, now I hear him. <laughs> Thanks for telling us 40 minutes of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I hope there were a lot of times when he asked me questions and then it was just dead silence because that would make me very happy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think we should close with the Degenerate Day previews. But before then, guys, I I have a lot of off-topic, related topic stories to talk about. Oh, let's let's get into it. We're going to begin with our darling of 2017-18, and that would be the Boston College Eagles. Taylor, I'm going to give you credit for the first time of this uh, podcast. Love them. First time in my life, maybe. The year BC continues on. Whatever, forget the catastrophe of the ding-dong. I don't care. It's yep. in the past. But as a promotion, for their game against Florida State, they gave out Space Jam posters to their first 1,000 fans in attendance at Conti Forum, which I just attended last week, and I, I tweeted out a photo, the Mecca, I have arrived. Conti Forum. <laughs> great place. Great staff. Saw Kai Bowman in person. Tweeted a picture to you guys. Just hanging out. And uh, they yeah, proceeded that. to defeat the Knowles 81-75. I think a lot of that was due to those 1,000 Space Jam posters. I have a lot of questions out. about this. One, how are they sourcing the Space Jam posters? Because are there 1,000 still in circulation? They must have printed new ones. And that means they had to get in contact with licensing. Well, I mean, do, do you think Isaiah Wilkins got in contact with licensing to get a Space Jam tattoo? No. His, no, okay. It is. Right. It's unlicensed. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. You answered your own question there. <laughs> well done. All right, guys. It's I actually regret saying that I couldn't hear Taylor. Now that I can hear him, I'm, I want to be back on mute. I, wanna, I don't want to hear it anymore. It was better for all of us. We all had a better experience. All right, guys. This week on Overrated, it is time to bring back our listeners' favorite segment. I've got one that might make everyone out there in the audience hate me, but I'm going to go with it anyway. 
But you guys, is is there anything on overrated this week that you'd like to touch on? <laughs> I mean, so many things. I kind I kind of want I kind of want you to go first because you you like hyped me up a little bit right there. I got a little bit excited, but I oh, want to hear what you say. Oh wait, this I, might I, this I might end f- my career. I got a fire take for for uh, overrated right now. A fire take, yeah. Mine's uh, more fuego than mine is maybe. towing a line. Bonzi that, Colson overrated. Whoa! And here's my world stops. What? Oh, he uh, did. It. Here's my. No, he did. Here's I've got one like that. Here's my no, theory he right didn't. here. I've been, I've been working on this theory in my basement at home. I don't have a basement, but you know, been working on this theory yeah, in your crawl space. In my crawl space, my pipes froze. <laughs> it sucked. Uninsulated. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> Um, That's the asbestos going into your head. Yeah, seriously. Home ownership. It's not for me. Title of my book. Um, anyways, here, here's my theory. Okay, so Matt Farrell's out a couple games. Bonzi Colson's been out for a while. Since then, Notre Dame has been playing. I, I'm disregarding the Matt Farrell thing, but like since Bonzi Colson went out, a ton of guys have been getting minutes. Notre Dame kind of still killing it-ish. I don't know. But like I've been really surprised by the level they've been able to maintain. I think that Bonzi Colson should really play a few less minutes when he comes back. I, he was there. Was, he was playing like almost every single minute of every game. Which yes, he's amazingly talented. He's awesome. But like, give him a rest. He has looked pretty blown and beat in some games. And maybe it played a factor in his injury. I hate to be the guy who says that, but like the, they're looking pretty good. I mean, they're up by two in well, overtime. Hey, Louisville right now. I but, got news for you. I know you've been bad mouthing Bonzi a lot. You're gonna get to say it to his face because he's here. Bonzi Colson, walk right in. He's here. <laughs> this is the Maury Povich show. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I almost, I resisted every urge to turn around and look behind me. But like, I, I've just been surprised. I think maybe you know it's good that they're getting some more minutes. They had practically no bench minutes before. So hold up, we got 20 seconds left in this Notre well, Dame Louisville game. It's tied 71 71. This will determine whether Taylor's give us some, right or give wrong. Give us some color. Do you want Luke? some play by play? Yes, I do. We got Farrell with the ball. He's reaching up his feet like he's stretching a thigh. Left hand dribble, the screen. the leg dribble, high ball screen. He's going to pull it from three for the key. It's an air ball. <laughs> With two seconds remaining. Back to the podcast, gentlemen. Uh, Gebbin, I'll just say the last thing about this. Martinez Gebbin. Martinez Gebbin for Notre Dame. And he goes back to the huddle and he gets a high five from everybody in the huddle. That I, that doesn't yeah. seem right, right? He air the shot. Don't give him a high five. Gebbin is possibly a candidate for doughy strength. I'd like to see him you know, get a little bigger, but okay. a little stronger, but... Doughy strength watch out here on Gavin. Okay. Back, back to this week on Overrated. I'm not saying I don't enjoy this act, but people need to settle down, for real. People need to calm down about this. But Red Panda, halftime shows. Uh, ref- refresh what? refresh me on yeah, what, what Red, Red Panda, Panda is again. <laughs> yeah, Red Panda during halftime shows. The woman who does oh, the, the unicycle with the bowl kicks on. Oh, yeah, the, the bowl? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. People oh, wait, need to wait, settle down. Overrated? No. Yeah, overrated. Seriously? I agree. We've overrated. been seeing this for years and years and years. Yeah. It's, we, I know I'm it's going to happen. I'm impressed, Row. And then there's this person next to me who's going crazy. This is the most incredible thing. Just look at that. I'm like, shut up. Like, get off my lawn. I've seen it before. You know, she messes up half the time. I know it's difficult. Sure. She has double-sided tape inside her bowls. I know that for a fact because I'm an insider. Oh. oh. Yeah. Knowledge on this podcast. Yeah, look at that. I love it. I also think she needs to change her theme song. Wait, she has double-sided tape on the inside of the bowls? Well, yeah. then she's definitely overrated. I know. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad you're with me. On this, this is one. like the steroid era of bull flipping this on unicycles. So- <laughs> I can't. This is, she's the Mark McGuire. I can't appreciate this at all. So now. many people who are going to be mad at me after this, but I'm going to stand by this statement. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad I, act. I'm people just saying do people seem to need, love her. They need to calm down. Like I'm seeing tweets about this on NBA beat writers saying this is the best night of my you know my year because red pandas. <laughs> but but tell me, since you're an insider on the circuit, do people just love her? Like is she just a terrific person? She's like glad handing I mean, back back. I mean, you know, in the locker room. Why don't you look up on Twitter red panda and see how many posts are about red red panda compared to like quick change? Yeah, well, quick change also terrible. Or the um, I don't know what that is. Either. It's these or like the frisbee dogs. Frisbee dogs is the best halftime I, show. I think Baby Race is still the best. Taylor, you Baby need to Race start training. Is very, My wife actually tried very hit or miss. She tried to get me to go to a high school like baseball game this week specifically because there was a baby race at halftime and she could guarantee me that we would get our son in there. I support Morgan in that effort. <laughs> I mean, he would crush, but I think actually he would be not motivated to do it. All right, that's this week on Overrated. And let's Wait, no, no, no. Wait, okay, Mike, one, oh, Mike let's hear it. Wait. I'm ready. Okay, well, let me let me do mine really quickly. Uh, my Mine on Overrated this year is Frank Martin, uh, coach of the Ooh. South Carolina Gamecocks. And I say that because Frank Martin recently took in our our stray, uh, our Louisville stray, Brian Bowen. Uh, in case you guys were not familiar, he will be playing uh, starting in the second semester uh, for the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks. And oh, no. here's a quote that uh, Frank Martin had when bringing in uh, Brian Bowen. And, and this is why I think Frank's a little overrated. Here's this quote. <clears throat> When talking about Brian Bowen, he didn't beat up a girl. He hasn't raped anybody. Hasn't flunked ten different drug tests. He's a good kid. He isn't a flunky. Period. Close quote. Now, you know, I, I like that Frank Martin's uh, definition of a good kid is that he didn't beat anyone up. He did not sexually assault anyone, and he does not do. He's not an active hardcore drug user. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, I'm really, yeah. I'm really happy for Frank in that, you know. But you know, I, I just don't. I don't think that Frank is is the guy who's going to take Brian Bowen and whatever he sold him on about getting him into the NBA next year. I, I don't not like a it. Of I don't really, I don't really care for Frank Martin so much. I think uh, you know, even his uh, program at TCU is better off without him. Um, anyways, uh, so. Good win, Frank Martin. I hope you enjoy Brian Bowen. We don't need him in the. Wait, did you say TCU or did you mean Kansas State? Are you getting your purple mixed up? I'm sorry, Kansas State. Kansas State. I think Kansas State. Fact checking a little bit. Yeah, the black, the purple, and silver, and all the the horn toads and all that stuff. It all meshes together. Yeah, the Midwest. Wow, make some make some good points. Uh, Frank Martin is. (laughs) I think it's fine. Take him. Yeah, I want a hook shot from a mood. Gosh. Yeah, actually. the the Bowen situation is interesting because he still hasn't been officially cleared by the NCAA, so he's not necessarily going to ever play basketball. Yeah, in college, mm-hmm. so right. it's it you know he's enrolled in classes, I guess, but and, and like I think he sent out a tweet that he actually started practicing with the uh, basketball team for the first time like yesterday mm-hmm. or so. But is he actually going to put on the Gamecock jersey and? 
you know, actually play college basketball to be determined. If he doesn't, he can always find Austin Nicholson. Let him play. Let him play. He only saw 19000 of that $100,000 anyway. The yeah. rest was all cut up by other people. You know what? He was taken advantage of by the system. All right. By his father, maybe? It's, it's time for mm. the story of the day. I told this to Guthrie, but you two should brace yourselves because this is fantastic. And this is according to sources. Strap in. Unnamed sources. According to sources. People are saying. The story of the Cameron Indoor Dangling Press Box. We addressed it in the preseason. Do you two recall this yeah, conversation? I'm, a, I'm pro whatever they call it. We brought it back. We brought it up all the way back in November. I'm calling this a developing story. But I heard from my birds the other day. The real reason why they shut down the ancient structure atop Cameron Indoor where you needed a ladder to get into the press box. Sounds like a a death trap. Apparently, according to sources. It's the the real reason it shut down for renovation, for renovation, it's going to reopen at some time, was that Dickie V hit his head on the rafters and sued Duke. (laughs) That is like so incredible to me. This is the best story I've heard all year. What? I Googled it. I tried to find anything about it. Of course, there's nothing out on the internet about it. Oh, that's, that's good. That's, that's good. Amazing. That's like the senator that sued the uh, what is it, the White House for the pitted olive because he cracked his tooth in the uh, exactly. cafeteria. <laughs> oh, that's good. Talk about biting the hand that feeds you. That's why good. ESPN's going to come after us after this podcast. I'm interested okay. to know if that's true. Um, Reliable sources. A reliable okay, source. reliable sources. Reliable sources. Who I would trust Ugh. with um, with your children, actually. Mike and Taylor. So that should give you some... Uh, what a great story, <laughs> Yeah, though. that makes me feel real secure. What a great story. <laughs> hey, they're still alive, right? You just want to get my son in some baby it's races so you can throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> get him to throw the race. Point uh, shaving. All right, with that said, uh, let's preview some games for Degenerate Day... Ladies and gentlemen, oh my God. fans of the podcast, so we are we are welcoming you. We're inviting you to join us this Saturday, the twentieth, to watch basketball with us from noon till night. Yeah, you know, we could probably periscope this. We could probably put this on I think on the Twitter and oh, periscope let's, let's so people it. could watch it. Let's do it. Let's max out the da- the my data plan. Let's let's just let's scroll out. Country, <laughs> we could put it on the Wi-Fi. You bum. <laughs> <laughs> Country gets up in arms about his data. I'm talking about technology and bringing the fans in. And Guthrie's telling me about his data plan. Oh, um, I'm saying, I'm saying, I, I'm willing to max out my data plan for for Saturday. There will be oh, no, you're willing to. There yeah, will be no it's available. available. We will all dress like bums. We'll dress like men mm. in a sports book. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll set up the uh, get the my windbreaker ready. We'll have at least a laptop, maybe two laptops, a pa- uh, a tablet, and a big screen going on. And we want the fans mm. to join us. We want them to tweet at us all day. We will reply to every single tweet, and that's a that's on my honor as a basketball <laughs> degenerate. We're gonna we're gonna interact. We want to yeah, hear from no, you, that'll folks. Be great. And, and your I'm really picks. excited. Okay, so this is a good start to the conversation because we're gonna do this the entire week. We need to figure out a game plan, gentlemen. We need a game plan. There are not Wait, too many marquee games. games. Let's take have the we over. Well, we got Florida State, Virginia Tech at noon. Let's just start yeah. there because I want we'll, action we'll on certainly. the very first game available. Certainly you have to have game. action in the very first game. Taylor, don't tell me this is a stay away. No. The first game, we're going in one side. we got to figure out which one it is. And we can be divided because it's better when we're divided, obviously, for the BC-North Carolina case scenario. Mm-hmm. 
Is Virginia Tech going to be favored? I probably have to take Florida State just because I can't. I can't bear the idea of sitting with you all afternoon, Luke, and having you have it over hanging over my head that uh, Virginia Tech that we took Virginia Tech. So I'll probably have to go with Florida State. I, I agree. We got to take Florida State here. Yeah, I, are we all going to agree? And I Virginia actually Tech's gonna completely blow agree. Probably. Completely agree. I don't. We. I mean, so Florida State's going to be a one-point favorite according to Ken. I think that's good enough. That's enough for me. I hate this Florida State team too. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's it, it it's a uh, it's. Wait, they're playing at home too. The game is in wait, Blacksburg. No, it's in Blacksburg. Oh, yeah. it's, in Bla- oh. it's in Blacksburg. Yeah. It's yeah. In Blacksburg. Never yeah. Mind. I mean, the Florida State defense is athletic and fast enough to stay with Virginia Tech. I think even at their best, even when they're if they really get the ball moving. And then I mean they're. I mean, that's what I said, their defense. And I think their offense is going to be able to score against Virginia Tech. So Leonard Hamilton is still coaching this team yeah. as of January 16th. <laughs> uh, and it's not recruiting season. If it was recruiting season, it's one thing. But it's in-game season. Can't add any more players to the to the roster. My other overrated is Buzz Williams with hair. I think he was a better coach okay. when he was bald. All right, well, that's good enough for me to take five. Hashtag bald brothers. He's like the reverse Samson. I like that. I like that. Okay, angle. on a scale of one to three, three being super confident, two being eh, one being not confident, and zero being I really don't want to do this. Where are we? On Florida State. I'm going to give it a two. I give it a two. I would. Yeah, I, I give would, it a two. That's really? good enough to gamble a lot of money because we're digital. Oh man, okay. you guys. You, I, you, uh, I, <laughs> I, however, have a five game. I don't even know if the scale was at to five or four or whatever it was. But the, my top game of the afternoon is this Georgia Tech at North Carolina game. And I'll tell you why. First of all, I judge most um, excitement levels and games and things like that by the StubHub ticket prices. So right now, your your highest ticket price with a, with their uh, in the right now is $45, uh, which is Georgia Tech at North Carolina. Now, you know, you say, okay, it's at the ding-dong. Maybe it's going to be an overpriced seat. But that's your lowest value seat right now is $45. And there are 569 tickets available. So it's going to be – this is what I'm predicting. I'm predicting one of those, like, empty ding-dong arenas where Roy Williams gets, like, a little upset after the game. But the tickets are a little overpriced. All the old folks stay home. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Georgia Tech comes out, gets a significant win. Puts him in the tournament. It's going to be great. I don't know if that's going to happen. If Georgia yeah. Tech loses by eleven, that'll work. So I'm in with I'm yeah. in with that. But there's only 500 tickets available right now. It seats like 169. It seats like 21,000. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. that's right. That yeah. doesn't seem like it's going to be a low. Inter- it's going like, to be a quiet crowd. It's going to be a drowsy brunch crowd. That wine uh, and cheese crowd. That's, and listen, don't underestimate time. Georgia that's, Tech that's fans. Nap time for a lot of those old sets. If the Yellow Jackets <laughs> beat Virginia, they might have some nerdy engineer students making the trip. I'm throwing that out there <laughs> as a possibility. I, I look. I look at this Georgia Tech schedule. They're going to get rocked by Virginia at home. This UNC game is going to become like the game for their season. I think. Right. I think that they're going to be super up for it. I, I think they're going to go. In, I don't even think North Carolina is that good anyway. If it, well, um, how is Georgia not, Tech going to I, score I really points? I like in this Georgia game? Tech to win that game. Are they going to lose by sixteen? I don't know. Just how are they going to score points? Yeah, sixteen seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. I just. I'm I, telling you, they they got it. Okay. So you're taking money line and you're throwing money away. 
Pitt yeah. are going to yeah, be 30-point underdogs at Duke. I just made that up off the top of my head, but I don't think it's too far-fetched. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Uh, I How don't am I supposed to pick? On the I don't game? Want what am I supposed to, to do? The other I, think four that's a zero. I think that's a zero on my I'd rather watch list. Notre Dame at Clemson. Yeah, before. let's talk about that, guys. That That is probably the best game of the day in the ACC. Well, we're not going to just talk ACC on Degenerate Day. We're talking oh, lots definitely not. of games. Definitely not. Texas WVU, something to look out for. We get a lot more to get to. So, so Clemson, five-point favorites at home against Notre Dame. <sighs> we're projecting, God, right? Who the heck knows about this? I kind of like, want to take Clemson here. I do, too. Yeah, yeah, I want to that's take Clemson. Mm-hmm. That's definitely my initial leaning. Yes, Notre, Notre, Dame's, Dame. Notre Dame's about to lose right now, and David Padgett just gave a huge fist pump. I, man, I don't know if that I means mean, anything. <laughs> I want to. Yeah, I'm gonna say it doesn't mean a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna put that. Out. <laughs> Stay Clemson. I, I like them on the road at Clemson. Who, who cares about Little John? Burn it to the ground. <laughs> so, it'll probably Sorry. be a close game. You're right, but I just, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame's not going to get to the line. They're going to rely on having a good shooting night. Clemson has that defense. They're going to limit their opportunities. Uh, They're not going to get anything inside. The fact that Clemson brought it back against North Carolina just gave me faith. They only lost by eight. It was a 16 point game. I'll take them at home to cover five. Against this Notre Dame team, who seems like yeah. they were a little bit of, um, they had they had a four leaf clover shoved up their ass for the first I actually, couple of games yeah. of the ACC schedule. And I I agree. I mean, this to me this is this is if, if the spread is really five, I think we absolutely hammer Clemson. Let's do it, boys. Mike, come on. Well, I, tr- I trust Guthrie. I mean, I can be convinced. We can't have that many consensuses, guys. Come on. Yeah. Mike, you stay on the other side. Yeah, I guess we have had three already. Man. I'm going to change my if mind I'm like six times right now, I'm taking all the opposite. Really, I'm glad we're talking these things over. Here's a game I'm just going to throw out. It's not in the ACC. It's between two teams who I don't like who keep trying to disrupt my economical advancement in life, Florida and Kentucky. <laughs> oh, God. At Rupp. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm there's, taking so, there's so much hatred in this game. I feel like I have to have action on it. <laughs> It'll be like uh. you, Florida, Kentucky, Florida, a team. So they're playing Ole Miss. All right, this past Saturday, I'm like, okay, well, I know Georgia Tech's going to beat Pitt and cover, obviously, but well, let's see if I can, uh, you know, let's see if we can parlay this into something. Oh, Florida's playing Ole Miss, and they're only like three and a half point favorites. What a great opportunity! What happens? They lose at Ole Miss. Stupid yeah. Florida team. Florida yeah. is such an enigma. I, I cannot figure Florida hey, can, out. Can we also say that the whole SEC is deep narrative is done? Has that died? I think it's died. I think they're I mean, deeper Tennessee, than normal. Tennessee can't stop losing. They just, they, well, they've been terrible. I mean, uh, what are you going to say? Auburn, Auburn. Uh, <laughs> Auburn's actually, so people like to talk about how Auburn is utterly fantastic, and they have. One of the worst strength of schedules in Power Five conferences. Thank you, thank you, Gethin. Like that, they they're if you look at their non-conference, their their best team they played is Middle Tennessee on on mm. December sixteenth. Oh, don't sleep on the Blue Raiders. I know the Middle Tennessee is a great program, but they have many many games like by games. Yeah, the SEC is not deep. They're just knee deep in trouble. They're just not good. Oh. Mm. 
Did you write that mm. one before? Sorry, no. I know you didn't, but no. man, I, I, I'm just witty and I'm quick <laughs> on my feet. You should. I think, I, I think they actually are like deeper. The SEC, I'm saying, oh, is deeper well, than yeah, usual. Here, they just don't have the two teams at the top. They losing usually credibility have. right now. You, UK, and no, I, they have a lot of like okay teams, which is better than they usually have. Honestly, mm, okay. I think the best team in the SEC is at the bottom of the rankings. I think A and M has the highest potential come March. I will, I'll buy that. And they're zero and five in their conference. I think that says, well, maybe that says like the conference is actually kind of deep. But A and M is playing like doo doo right now. Yeah. I yeah I I kind of agree with Luke. Big 12, we did not talk WVU Kansas, which was last night on Big Monday. Man. I watched, so we watched the first half of that game because we had a miserly little <laughs> wager on the first half. On, on the it, Mountaineers, it, it was great. Yeah. Worked out. And then we turned it off, figured they were yeah. just going to, you know, take it, take it on home with, they were winning by like 15 and a half or something like that. Yeah. They were winning by 21 at one point, I think, in the I second thought, half. Really? I thought it was 16. I, I I can't even remember anymore. But I watched this. I watched the second half because I saw the result, and that was that was an incredible half of basketball. Honestly, it made me question my understanding of Kansas this season. I really had this idea that Kansas was not going to win the not going to win the Big Twelve. And they're going to for sure now. Not for sure, but I think they're probably going to win or split with someone. I w- I was that seems likely. I felt like West Virginia was going to be the team to finally yeah. not come off the perch. That's why this win is is yeah. just like absolutely ginormous. Azabuki, Azabuki, he's unstoppable. Devontae Graham had an incredible half. My goodness. Yeah, West Virginia's got a t- tough road now. They have to go at TCU. They have to go at Oklahoma. They have to go at Kansas again. That's rough. The Big 12 is a gauntlet. I think top to bottom, hey, the Big 12 is the best conference in the country. I'm going to go with Oklahoma. That's my pick for the Big 12 this year. And I also really like Texas Tech. I'm not going to lie. I think they're going to be. I think Texas Tech is better than Kansas. I think Oklahoma is better than Kansas. I still do. Ooh, I really like that Texas Tech call. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, you want to pick a? You're also the man who took Texas Tech on the road at Trey Young. So just want to let you know that. <laughs> you remind wanna, you that. Did I do that? So, Was that my last podcast? Yeah. So the two. Mm. Speaking of Big Twelve, I was going to say let's do this. So right we, now. So the two, the two games. Um, Baylor is playing at Kansas. Uh, oh, I like Baylor in this one. Man, Baylor. Baylor is another interesting team because they they're frisky. Yeah, they have six losses. I guess their worst one is the one they just lost to Iowa State. But before that, they had lost to some really good teams, and they played them tough. So, man, I don't yeah, know. This is going to be a double-digit line. Oh no! Really? No, it's Baylor gonna be like at Kansas. Oh yeah, you don't think that's gonna be double digits? No, we need to teach you gambling. No way, it won't get to double digits. Mike, is it gonna get to double digits? Yeah, well, I think it'll be. I, I think it's gonna open at eight and a half. I think it's yeah, what, it's gonna. That's what it says. It's gonna yeah. be high single digits. That that to me that is I very. Think it'll get to ten. If it I gets to, if it gets to ten, I, I mean, even if it's you eight and a half, Baylor, right? I, th- I think you take Baylor with the points. Have to. I don't know. Give Rico it, Gathers ain't walking through that door. Yeah, he's not. But they. I mean, <laughs> I miss him. LeCount, LeCount I miss him. him. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Nobody ORB'd like Rico. <laughs> Here's another question: Is Texas the team you just have to stay away from if they're in any type of game you're trying to predict? Mm. Yeah, maybe. I, maybe. I got no feeling for him. All uh, right. 
So Let's, so we're we're kind of leading Baylor in that game. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if we get we'll, the we'll keep an eye. We'll keep it on the line on that one. Uh, if we want to le- go back to our bad decisions taking underdogs on the road, TCU at Kansas State on Saturday. Mm. Kansas just, State is probably going to be like a one, one or two TCU. point favorite. TCU, that team keeps living, losing in overtime. I really want to take the TCU. They, they just keep losing overtime games. I really yeah. want to take them. I'm in. I'm down for that. Nothing has it. made me a bigger Jamie Dixon fan than him going back to TCU. Hey, can you make a note of this? Because we're all going to forget tomorrow. We like TCU as a big one. I mean, I'm that's one of my top picks of Degenerate Saturday. Right? What else do you guys like more than that game? I don't know. I mean, I like um, Clemson. I, I mean, Clemson I, I would game. love to talk about Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. Mm. That might be the game of the game of the day. <laughs> to be honest with you, but <laughs> yeah, okay. give me Western <laughs> Kentucky with the points. No, give me two Middle Tennessee. That's a seven p.m. game. A little late tip. Um, I'm hoping I'm still around for Degenerate Day, or I hope I'm still sitting upright. Um, but that'll be the game of the day, right there, man. I'm I'm really excited for that one. Uh, Two five and out teams in conference. Conference USA, the Hilltoppers versus the upstart Middle Tennessee team. You know, Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, the only team to deal. Well, I guess Purdue has two losses, but you know they dealt Purdue a loss earlier in the year in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like Middle Tennessee. They've had a tough schedule. They beat uh, the hard to handle Princeton Tigers. Uh, beat Ole Miss and Vanderbilt early. Lost to Auburn. I like that game. Woo! It's going to be a good one. Uh, oh, Western anyways. Kentucky's I like, I like Dwight Colby has one of the highest block percentages in the nation. Cool. The highest what? Cool. Hi, one of the highest block percentages in the nation at just 6'9". Oh. All right, so, oh. so do, do you have any other nuances you want to add for Saturday as far as – yeah, Guthrie? So there's one game we haven't talked about, which actually on Fan Match on KenPom.com has the highest thrill score for the day. Great feature. And shout out. Yeah, shout out to Ken Baum. This this game actually, I, I'm is Utah involved? Is BYU involved? Xavier at Seton Hall? Oh, and we yeah. oh let's to be fair to be fair we have not here. talked at all really about the Big East. I like both, I which I think is is you know it's fine. This is an ACC podcast, but this is going to be a terrific basketball game. I think. That should that's a big screen game that deserves a big screen for yeah, us. Yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, I agree. I like both these teams. I agree. I just like them as teams to watch, not just in general. It's a I, it's I, another I, battle of the bald brothers, and I, I like Seton Hall here. It's the same. I do too. They're I, both like the same Kevin teams Willard, from last year. A lot of the same guys yeah, coming back. A lot of the same lot guys. Of, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. That's true. I mean. I, I'm Xavier's a Xavier fan through and through. I mean, I really, I really like Trayvon Delgado. Trayvon Blewett. I do love Trayvon Blewett. I, I think that Xavier has the ability to – they're just bigger. They're quicker. They can shoot the ball. You know, they have size and they can score. I feel like Seton Hall sometimes just has size. I, I like Xavier. I like Xavier in this game. Seton Hall is a team made up of, like, classic Big East guards. Like, classic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. big – I mean, Delgado is like their main inside guy. He's awesome. But like Desi Rodriguez, Kadeem Carrington, Miles Powell, just like your prototypical old school 90s Big East guards. I think this is, uh, God, this game actually, I'm I'm getting like heart palpitations Chills. like thinking what, about this game. I think I think this is the game where we do our two-on-two death match. Guthrie and I versus you and Taylor <laughs> for, some, for some moolah, all right? Can yeah, we do that? Okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I never down. got my banquet. Okay. Guthrie and I never yeah. got our banquet. Yeah, we, I, I gave you a banquet. Mike didn't show up. 
so I had to front the bill for the pizza and the selection <laughs> show last year. Oh, okay. And the beverages as well. So, yeah. It, it, it counts in life to no show sometimes. Yeah, that counts. It really helps. Yeah, you know what the best part of this degenerate day is? Is that, you know, I hadn't told my wife that I was coming to degenerate day yet. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed on the podcast, but Taylor has a big fucking mouth. So <laughs> he told his wife about Degenerate Day, so I was very happy about that for him. Uh, we are married to sisters, and so the uh, his wife told my wife about it before I had a chance to, you know, glide right in and tell her, like, a good day. So she comes, like, stomping down the stairs this morning, like, oh hey, Mike, what's going on with this degenerate day? When are you going to be on set? You're going to be gone all day? And what are you going to come back as? You're not going to leave the man. You're not going to come back the man that left. I know that much. <laughs> you know? And then so, you know, I just really want to, I want to say thank you to Taylor for really setting you up. You're not going to come back the man you left. The degenerate day. <laughs> well, let me just tell you, good communication is essential in any relationship. Let me just tell okay? you, too. You better show up no, early. It is, it is clearly. Last year, really Guthrie clear. and I had to pull teeth for you guys to get over the two o'clock games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't And you two yeah. showed up like guys, lackadaisical, like, "Oh, I'm just you guys here, went to, to, like, here to X punch Park. a card." I, I, yeah. You went to X Park and hung out with like your wives and Walk children. And oh, you know where we went? You went to X Park. Uh, we went to the uh... <laughs> Discovery Museum. No. <laughs> There was an event. There was an event. I have been to every single children's museum in like the southeastern United States. Not yeah. quite, but many of them. <laughs> there, there was an event at X Park, right? It, it was, was the one of the up. marches. It was like a march. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He showed right. up with no That's energy. Right. Hashtag resist. No energy, <laughs> no passion, and we had to bring it out of you. Okay, so that better not happen this oh, time. You better wait. come out. Wow, I, I remember things really differently. <laughs> Who has that video? But, you know, regardless, regardless, I, I'll be very excited to be well, there. Well, you know what? It, it, so who's taking Xavier and who's taking Seton Hall? We're taking very... Seton Hall. Guthrie and I have yeah, Seton I'm, Hall. I'm all over Seton oh Hall. Oh, my gosh. And we can do a – we don't have to do a monetary bet. We can do like a streaking around the house in the snow bet if you want. Oh, man. Oh, well, that's, that's more my like that. speed. Now anyway. I'm going to look at this game. All right. Okay, you do that. All right, Taylor, how can folks contact the podcast? Uh, please, we want to hear from you, especially in advance of our uh, Saturday Degenerate Day. We're picking all the games, watching them all, gambling on them all, and we want to hear from you. You can uh, write us essays on who you think we should pick. Exactly. And tell us why we're wrong or why we're right. Uh, we're on Twitter, at ACCBBallDegens. You can also send us an email, ACCBBallDegens at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, um, and you can just... Send us letters in the mail. Yeah, Mike, do you want to... We're sponsored by Three Notched Brewery, by the way. That's right. Colonial Era Trail. Running, running through, through Central, Central Virginia. Virginia. Based on historical characters. Like Jack who Jewett. Who made their mark. No, like, I'm ahead of you. Who made oh. their mark? Like Jack Jewett. Patrick Henry. And... Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. All right. Got it. Mike... Do you want to play us off like you did last time? It was fantastic. You were talking about being in the desert <laughs> with Jerry Jones. Texas speed bumps and the total lack thereof, the, the wasteland that is Texas. You know what the real wasteland will be this weekend? will be by our bets that we're going to lay across the degenerate field. It's going to look everything that you see for all, for everything the light touches. It will be nothing but lost bets based on everything that happened in this podcast today. <laughs> we're going to lose everything. Every single pick is up. Including it's your liver. Total nightmare. Uh, that'll be good. Yeah. 
It's going to be a healthy day. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right. right. Are we going to Periscope this? Who's going to Periscope it? Is Periscope still a thing? I feel like it's all about Instagram Live, Facebook Live, et cetera. We'll, We'll cover our bases. We'll try to document it, folks. Until next time, so long.